We're cool. Cool guys. Cool, cool cats over worship ministry catalyst. We're cool. You're well, cool. I'm not cool. You're the cool guy. I'm just the weird guy mm. that stands or sits here and runs the computer. Well, I just sit on the couch, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing anything terrible. Well, hello, everybody. Ooh, hello. Are Welcome. we? Re- are we recording? We're going. Whoops. Hi. We're live. Hello. We're recorded. We recorded live from an earlier, earlier. <laughs> Re, yeah, recorded whatever. live from an earlier, earlier broadcast. <laughs> Isn't that that's one of the okay? So I know that we have worldwide listeners, but so, but on the West Coast we, in America, yeah. we never get to watch anything live unless it's sports. That's the only time yes. we get to watch live stuff. So apparently, sports are more important than everything else. <laughs> but you're right; it's super obnoxious. Yeah. Like when you watch these live events, mm-hmm. you know, American Idol or. You know, the season finale of Survivor. And and it's like, you know, it will come on. It'll say live. And then underneath this little thing, message pops up recorded from a pre from an earlier broadcast. (laughs) This isn't live. I shouldn't have that on there. So, but we never get to watch anything live. Yeah. There's lots of potential to get things messed up. Like if, uh, oh, if you're on Facebook. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Totally. And, and you don't realize that you're on Facebook on a day when, you know, there's an important broadcast that night that's going to air the decision of something, you know, that's really important to you. And all of a sudden somebody back on the East Coast says, so-and-so got kicked off or so-and-so won. It's like, spoiler alert. Yeah, so if you are listening to this and you live on the east coast of the U.S., um, please just do everyone on the west coast a favor a favor and don't don't favor a favor. <laughs> no, if you're on the east coast or I don't, even central or mountain, I don't care. Just you know, or like just, in Great Britain. Yeah, please don't please don't tell us what's going on. Yeah, we we'd like to be surprised. Once. We want to be surprised. <laughs> You know, and, and that actually brings up a good point about TV broadcasting. It always baffled me why Central Time was an hour behind. You know, like you watch a show and, and it's like, you know, 8, 7 Central. Right. And I'm like, what the heck? So uh, essentially primetime television on in Central Time, it starts 7 p.m. and it yeah. goes until 10 p.m. Yes, Where, all of life in Central Time is an hour is done an hour earlier than in the day. Right, which it starts is, an hour earlier, which is kind of weird. So, yeah. like your your late night news starts at ten o'clock, yeah. whereas like over here on the West Coast, our late night news starts at eleven, mm-hmm. and you know seven o'clock is still all the syndicated programs like Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Um, but I finally figured out why they do that, why they have their primetime television an hour behind. The reason why. Is so that they can um, they can air live things, you know. So if a show is airing live in the East Coast at eight o'clock, and if primetime television in Central starts at seven, then they can both watch it live. So there you go. That's the reason why they did it because the majority of the U.S. population lives in the uh, East and Central ranges. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the Pacific and the Mountain Range we we get a uh, we get the shaft. But but you know what's really funny? Like with American Idol. So it's recorded live on the West Coast, and then I know, and, but they but they, <laughs> and they play it live on the East Coast, so right. we have to watch a rerun. Exactly, they they actually. What's the deal with that? Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of dumb to think about. They so they actually 
they actually film it live at 5 p.m. That's yeah. when they that's when they record American Idol. So they film it in Los Angeles at 5 p.m. Uh, so it airs live 8 o'clock on the mm-hmm. East Coast. And then we watch a, a taped version of it. Yeah. Stupid. Well, Worship Minister Catalyst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why, why, why are we talking about this? It's a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members serving as a catalyst to facilitate uh, better worship in the local church. My name's David. Hey, I'm Kevin. And uh, we are here again, episode 41. Woo. We're getting awful close to that 50. Five zero. So, yeah, 41. By the time we finish today, we'll be eight away. Yes. And who would have thought that we'd still be around? Me. Yeah, me too, I guess. Yeah, we believed it. Yeah, we proved them all wrong. Ha! Whoever they yeah, are. Yeah, who, who was all... What was that uh, Gershwin song? Something about they they all laughed. Don't know. When Edison made the light bulb or something like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. I don't know. The only reason I actually know that song is because it was on uh, Glad... Did you ever listen to Glad? Acapella? I no. The acapella oh, group. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, they, they had their their big uh, their big one was the uh, I'm so excited that one right? Mm-hmm. Why did I do? Why did I do? Well, they had they had a cool Christmas album which I loved. Okay. I still like it, even though it's outdated. But um, but they did a Gershwin one. They did acapella Gershwin, <laughs> and it was that was one of the songs on there. And so. Anyway, they all laughed. Go check it up. Check it out. Acapella nice. Gershwin. Nice. Yeah, I've Love still got it. it. I don't think I actually have it in my library, but I should rip it just for fun. Yeah. Oh, you know what I just thought of? Can, can, can we go back to what we were talking about? Spoiler alerts? Because I had something really great to share. <laughs> sure. Um, so, okay, get this, right? So I'm actually... It, it, I'm a big Survivor fan. Uh, I I also like Amazing Race, and you know, reality. I know, I know you're probably sitting there thinking, "Gosh, reality television is so lame." But I really enjoy it. And some of it. Some of it. Yeah, there's some stupid shows out there. But uh, there we go. So so I was I was so frustrated. It was like the Survivor finale. And I went to the CBS website to, to check to make sure what time it was on uh, and to see, like, when the reunion was on because I was going to, like, set my VCR or whatever. Um, and, gosh, they, they had it. They it? Yeah, they had it on the CBS oh. website. Like, they had the winner on the CBS website, you know, which is super annoying. No, wait, was this the night of or the day after? No, it was actually the night of. Oh. No, you know, it, no, scratch that. It was not the CBS website. It was the TV TVguide.com, oh, TV yeah. listings. They don't care. Yeah, and, and and it was like a banner. It was like a banner mm-hmm. ad at the top. You know, it was like Ste- you know Stephanie Wynn Survivor, whoever the heck it was. Yeah. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, I, I was literally just a few moments away from from hitting record or, or watching it. You know, I just want to make sure it's on it. It's super frustrating. Yeah. And I don't know. I think there should be spoiler alerts. Yeah, like you should have to like click a button. Right before you go into the website, right. that says there might be a spoiler alert. Yeah, do you, do, would you like to find out who wins? Although the advantage of of uh, living on the West Coast is that if you really don't want to watch all the drama of of the like reveal show, yeah, man, just go online and you could totally find it. Yeah, or you can just like DVR it and. It's true. And just skip forward to the end. Yeah, you could do that. That's what we do. I still have a VCR. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking. We were just talking about living in the digital age. 
and uh, and here I am, a digital person, using an analog VCR. VCR. Video cassette recorder. Man, I hate watching anything that's been recorded on a VCR, <laughs> or even like professional quality tapes from you know from back in the day. Yeah, I've thrown one in once in a while. I was like, man, this is horrible. It is amazing when you're used to watching like DVD or HD or mm-hmm. just you know whatever, and then you you pop into VCR. It's like grainy, and you hear the sound. And you got the tracking problems. Oh yeah, it's like you, know, you got the little line going you through go it. Play with the buttons until you get it all. You know the tracking button. <laughs> yeah, I don't miss those days. Yeah, well, I'm I'm still using a VCR. Well, the thing that's funny, like any any old movie. That you want to watch, that you have a, a video of, you can buy now for like three dollars. Totally, super <laughs> so, cheap. So might as well. Yeah. Anyway, it, sorry, I, I just ha- I had to bring that up just because I I can't stop thinking about it. Can't stop, stop thinking, thinking about it. it. <laughs> oh, big news! Oh, it has been me. a bad week to be a celebrity. Why? Michael Jackson died. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you know what? That and the infomercial guy died. Which guy? The guy that was the the OxyClean guy. No way! Yeah. The guy that shouted all the time. Yeah. OxyClean can yep. bleach your back. Ed McMahon died. Ed McMahon died. I know. Fair Fawcett died. What is going oh, on? This was last week. It's like what it's a is bad week on? to be a celebrity. Yeah, gosh, I never really thought about all those big name people. Mm-hmm. You know. Michael Jackson, weird, weird guy, right? Super weird. We owe but a lot to Michael Jackson. Some of his early music, though, fantastic. I'm totally kidding. No, I'm telling you, his thrill, his Thriller album. I think, I think the music on that Thriller album, some of the best music uh, in that time. Okay, so I was watching, and this is this is music, so it's okay, so related. it's related. Yeah. So I was watching the news, you know, when they were talking about him dying. He sold something like 750 million records. What? Seven hundred and fifty million. Yeah, Can you wor- worldwide. That? Worldwide. Yeah. So um, basically, I mean, almost one in every six people in the world has bought a Michael Jackson record at some point in their life. Yeah. Yep. And so, like, that is pretty astounding. Well, the, the Thriller album I think sold twenty five million just just the Thriller album just in the U S. You know. Yeah, I think that, over time it sold way way more than twenty five million, but. Right, that's international. Yeah, domestically. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think, I think for what it's worth. I mean, yeah, he's super weird now, and all the plastic surgery really kind of strange. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there's the whole thing. The who uh, knows whether it was true or not. Uh, yeah, and then and then yeah, the, the what was it that uh, biography that Martin Bashir did, the documentary on mm-hmm. him. You know, I, yeah. I watched a little bit of that. Just weird. I mean, yeah. I, I can't understand how a guy could be that naive and how he could be so neurotic and strange mm-hmm. but his mu- his early music I think was great uh, some of the songs on that Thriller album just fantastic so and the, when he was a kid oh yeah man. ABC did it the do you ever tried me. to sing along with him no he, he had well, some you, pipes you yeah know? Like, I know for being like eight or yeah. whatever <laughs> man the kid could sing it was impressive kid could so. sing so, so anyway so that's music that's bad entertainment week, bad week to be a musician Bad yeah. week to be a celebrity, but it's a good week to According be. According to people who think you know that believe things, you know they come in threes. You know supposedly deaths come in threes oh, or they, sevens. So they do. 
Whoops. I don't know. There may be three more. Okay. I don't actually believe all that stuff. No, me neither. But uh, I think people die when they die and... Yeah, I think God's got to figure it out. Yeah, I think I think there's a bigger plan than I'm gonna three leave or it seven. Up to God. I don't think so, God's up in heaven. Okay, <laughs> two. We gotta get one more. Four more to go. <laughs> yeah, you know. So here we are. Uh, we're talking music. This is a uh, is bad week to be a celebrity. Great week to be a worship pastor or a worship team member um, because. I don't know. Just because it's a, it's it's, it's a always good, a good week to be a always, worship yeah. person. No, but but you know, seriously, in all in all seriousness, in all seriousness, um, I think that what 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 we have, and I know David, you and I have talked about this a little bit. What what we have in terms of um, what we're doing uh, vocationally, I mean, it, it's it's a gift. It's a rare gift for us to be able to, you know, do something like leading worship. Yeah. And you know if you if you're out there listening right now, and uh, you know may, maybe I don't know, summer summer months can be kind of hard. Yes, you know, they can. worship team members kind of taking extended mm-hmm. vacations, and people telling you I'm going to be gone. You know, for all summer for the for the summer. <laughs> I'll see you in September, basically. Yes, I'll see you in 2010. <laughs> you know, yeah, it can be discouraging, but man, just just be be encouraged and be reminded that that. This this calling this job uh, is so much more than a job. Or maybe you're listening. Maybe you're not a worship leader. Maybe you're just a, a team member. Maybe you play, you know, drums or piano or you sing. Um, man, if that's you, uh, what what a what a joy it is to serve mm-hmm. to serve in a capacity that you're doing something big, you know, bigger than, than me or, or you, David. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're doing eternal kingdom work here. And I think that's, that's kind of why I mean, we were joking about, you know, we're joking around about all the, you know, um, uh, the TV stuff and the, you know, time zone differences. And we're joking around about the, uh, celebrities and whatnot. But when it comes down to it, all joking aside, you know, what, what we do in terms of, you know, and I said, it's a great week to be a worship leader, uh, I mean, what we do really is amazing, and I don't know. I mean, sometimes I have to stop and think about it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I have to stop and remind myself that, like, whoa, <laughs> I'm I'm in a really fortunate place here to be doing what I love doing um, and, and to be doing something f- for kingdom purpose, you know, yeah. to be doing something that's bigger than me, and... Uh, you know, I've I've invited. I don't know if you've ever done this, or if any of you guys have ever done this who are listening. I've invited my worship team to remind me on Sunday. You know, to help me remember because it can be a struggle if you're doing this every single week. Um, you know, it can be hard and discouraging at times, mm-hmm. and it can be a struggle to remember what what the point is. But you know, you get that person who can speak into your life, who says, "Hey." And this this is big what you're doing, and this is God. This is a God thing what you're doing, and you're blessing people, and you're bringing people into the throne of God, uh, and, and you're you're doing it for the purpose of glorifying, worshiping. I don't know. It it, it puts it in perspective for me. Yeah. Yeah, and especially it's it is easy to get discouraged in the summer months. And yeah. One of the things you know, one of the thoughts that I've had 
Alright, I don't know about you, but our attendance goes down in the summers. People kind of leave the area and go on vacations yeah, and stuff we, like we that. Yeah, we get a little bit of a drop. I don't think we get as much of a drop as you as you guys get. You've told me before mm-hmm. how you, you know, you'll know you lose a lot of people. Yeah, and they'll show back up, but they're sure. gone for the summer. <laughs> they're out of here. <laughs> but, Take, taking uh, the summer sabbatical. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But one of the thing, one of the opportunities that gives me is it gives me a chance to do, to train, you know, some new and fresh people on the stage. Without the pressure that it has to be as perfect as I would, you know, when when it's in the right, year and we're going. There's almost board. like a more relaxed yeah, atmosphere. Much like, more relaxed. Like it's, it's more just kind of a casual, mm-hmm. you know, people. The sun is out. People are showing up in their shorts, yep, you know, yep. and um, yeah, you know, you're you're there. It's a little it's a little bit more sparse in the congregation. Maybe you're trying new things, or you're. Mm-hmm. I, I really, yeah, that's actually a really good idea. During the summer months, have that be kind of the training ground. Yeah, because well, one of the things it does is then when the fall rolls back around, you've got some people with some more experience under their belt that are that's ready great. to go through the year, where you might not want to put them up. You know, for the first time in September, you could put them up for the first time in July. Right. You don't. You don't want to put them up in prime time. Yeah. Unless you're on the West Coast and it's delayed <laughs> by three hours. Keep breaking my desk. Oh, that's I'm okay. Slowly I slowly peeling off. I I break your uh, almost every single time we record. I end up pulling off this little uh, molding <laughs> on your on your cabinet right here. Yeah. I do just you know I'm not even thinking. I just start fiddling around with it and it pops off. So sorry about that. So for uh, for some of our new listeners out there, just uh, just a little reminder about us and our podcast. Oh, here we go. We're uh, we're pretty laid back. Yeah, you we know, are. When Kevin and I started talking about doing this a while ago, one of the things that was important to us was was keeping it like a real conversation. We didn't want it to start sounding like he and I were trying to be DJs or something on the radio and trying to put off the super polished podcast. But Although David does have that NPR voice. One of these days. Yeah, there it is. I'll be on NPR. There it is. <laughs> Night sounds <laughs> with David Linder. But uh, we wanted it to be like a real conversation and and like a couple of worship pastors getting together to talk worship. And and I got to say, you know, like I was telling you before, doing these podcasts has really been, well, you know, in Andy Stanley world, you call it work on it, not in it. <laughs> you know, so we get in it so much where we're always working in the now yep. that, you, that we never stop to work on what we're doing and improve. We're just always focused on getting this week done. But these times that we have have, have been a chance for me to work on the actual ministry and to think through, you know, some of how we do things and why and what's wrong right. with what, what's not working well, and fix you, it. And Yeah, you were even sharing with me before we recorded how, you know, you, you took and you took, uh, you practiced what we were preaching. You know, one of our very early episodes on like conflict resolution, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you had a chance to live it out. Yeah, if I'm willing to tell a bunch of people that this is what you ought to do, I better be willing to do it myself. Right. So, yeah. But anyway, that's a little word on our podcast. That's kind of what we do. Here we are. This is who we are. We know that some of you are looking for content, and so uh, we can just give you a promise that you can probably, if you're not if you're not interested in the witty banter at the beginning of the podcast, just fast forward. Just skip 10 minutes and go yeah. in. And, uh, Five to ten. We don't always spend 10 minutes not talking. Always. 
but but uh, we but we all we often do. <laughs> but it's good stuff we're talking about, you know. We're well, it's just, funny because because we're talking both, about Michael Jackson. Yeah, we're talking about time zone differences, yeah. and we're talking about live time prime, live prime time TV. Come on, this is we're cr- talking about what everyone wants to talk about, but no one's willing to say. We know it's on your mind. Yeah, we know you're thinking about. We know that you're frustrated. Yeah, if you live on we the know West all Coast. you West Coast peeps. Yeah. You guys are frustrated with the time zone thing mm-hmm. and the live TV. And we know everyone's thinking about Michael Jackson, yep. MJ. Yep. No, but seriously, it's funny because both of our wives have told both of us on separate occasions that um, they love the first ten minutes, <laughs> which when, is funny. When, when you know, yeah. when all we do is just talk about like random things and like tell stories and joke and and laugh and share mm-hmm. what's going on. And you know, both of our wives, you know, Becky was saying, yeah, after you guys actually start talking real stuff, that's when I turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but getting back to what we were saying, we might as well just keep talking about it. All right. We we were going to talk about. Uh, we can di- talk about that the next. Yeah, one. we're we're going to have a different topic. Teaser. Let's tease. Oh, here we go. So stay tuned for our next episode of Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. I forgot the name. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what we were called. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so stay tuned. Next week we will be talking about. Um, uh, we will be talking about. What you do with your feelings, uh, worship music in particular, is very emotionally driven sometimes. You got, you know, there's feelings involved. And so how do you respond to a service that maybe just didn't feel as good as you were hoping? Maybe you had a great practice and and you were getting goosebumps during practice and then the Sunday service rolled around and it just felt flat. What do you do? So stay tuned. That's, I need a little sound effects machine yeah. here that I can just. That was a pretty. After. That was a pretty good, like a little slide whistle. Thank you. I used to play the slide whistle in, in elementary band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that thing. Oh boy, I love that thing. I remember. Um, gosh, it, yeah, it was my uh, it was my fifth grade band teacher. He he was trying to tell me that um, there was only like three instruments in the world that that could um change notes uh um in transition and mm. not like not sequentially you know and i'm like i don't believe that it's I, one of the best instruments in the world the spirit of any marching band the trombone section <laughs> trombone exactly right. yeah he was saying it was the trombone and the human voice um and I was like, well, and what the slide about? Whistle. And I'm like, hey, and I'm like, what about the slide whistle? And he's like, oh, that's not a real instrument. And then, um, well, then I brought up the guitar because on a guitar you can like just, or a violin, you know, a stringed instrument, you can kind of yeah. curve mm-hmm. up on the frets, you know, without actually having to sequentially oh, yeah. change uh, notes. Um, maybe that's what it was. Maybe those are the three: trombone, the human voice, and uh, a string. <sighs> Yeah, he's right. Remember, we don't break into songs spontaneously enough. No, we, we don't. We should just like have a list of songs. We should have a list. <laughs> and just of a, start throwing them in. We randomly. should have a list of approved public domain songs that we can <laughs> that we can sing. That's one of my, one of my favorite gags, ongoing gigs on The Simpsons. I, I I'm a Simpsons fan. If you've been listening to our podcast, I'll reference The Simpsons from time to time. Don't tell anyone, but um, it it uh ongoing gag they they always uh will sing public domain songs you know and they'll have the, the lawyer guy come out 
they'll get ready to sing the song. He's like, that's not an approved public domain song. Um, so they, they only do the, unless they actually buy the rights, yeah. you know, then, then they do the song, of course. Yeah. So anyway, so we so might we're talking well, about maximizing the summer. Is yeah. Yeah. Let, let's, uh, since we're already into it and since we only have like 10 minutes left, um, what do you do during the summer? I mean, you know, like I, I know for, for me, I'll just start, I'll start with yeah. uh, what I've done. Um, I, I've been fortunate enough where, uh, I haven't lost a whole lot of people during the summer. Um, although this year I've been at Laurelwood for, this will be my fourth summer at Laurelwood and it, um, it's probably the, it's probably the thinnest we've been in the four summers I've been at Laurelwood. Um, there's been a number of people that have just kind of moved on for one reason or another. Hmm. One, one of our main sound guys, he joined the army, so he'll be gone for like the next three years. Um, one of my like two drummers that I have, uh, he decided to, he decided to take a job oh, man. in Texas. That hurts. Uh, Drummers are the hardest. Seriously, to go without. I know, man. Worship yeah. music just can't exist without drums. Isn't that frustrating to you, though? <laughs> seriously, to me, it's like, why can't we do good music without a drummer? It's well, just a guy sitting in a cage pounding on a bunch of stuff. Something about drums rhythm. adds so much intensity. You know, like like we we've done Urgh. we've done you know acoustic services and we've done like unplugged services, and those are always you know those are always nice and they're fine and they're good, but man, there's something about the like there's just passion and energy mm-hmm. and intensity, and when we do when we do a, a an unplugged set or an acoustic set and we do one of those songs, um, is it's hard to get there. It is is hard. Yeah, it's hard. There's to, just something about having your ears pierced with a snare drum <laughs> at the <laughs> climax of a song. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This weekend, well, we use in-ear monitors, right? And this weekend, I couldn't, for most of the weekend, I couldn't get enough snare drum in my monitor mix, so I was, <laughs> kept have, feeling like I was having a hard time, you know, More keeping snare. tempo with everyone else. And so I finally asked the sound man to, to put a little more, give a little more gain to the snare drum so I could get more in my ears because I had it maxed out. And all of a sudden, it's like... I'm literally like wincing every time he whacks on that snare drum. He's like, Rack! oh, oh. That so it's right in the middle of the song. I'm having to figure out how to turn it down, but <laughs> yeah. So, but but without that, without that, it's hard to get people involved. Yeah. Like without people feeling that snare drum on two and four, it's hard to get people to clap on two and four. Yeah. You know, because they're not feeling that beat. It's true. It's it's like the drums help engage mm-hmm. almost a little bit, you know. And they're so dependent <laughs> on drummers. Well, I think and I why think... is it so cheesy to use drums on like the keyboard? What's so cheesy about that? Why is that so unacceptable? <laughs> because because it's really cheesy, man. <laughs> I know, but why? Because who sounds... says me, I don't know, because it sounds it sounds dumb, man. It's <laughs> do, do, ga, do, 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 ga. Yeah, no, but they like my the keyboard we use here, the Motif XS8, it has some good drum yeah. patches on it. They sound real. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because it's such a visual thing. I don't know. Like you got so, a guy in there wailing on the drums, ours wave flailing about as if well, I mean, kind independent of from I, his like body. I, I I know you're joking about it, but kind of in a way, like. Yeah. It's the same reason why if you go to a concert, you know, let's say there's an artist, uh, you know, like a solo artist who sings, um, 
and you go to a concert and they do the and they're there singing, but the whole concert is done to like a track. You know, <laughs> they don't have a live band. Mm-hmm. It just it just feels like deflating. You know, it it's feels jumping the shark. T- <laughs> there you go, using mm-hmm, maybe you yeah. Well, I our, think Coldplay jumps the shark every time they do their uh, <laughs> Viva La Vida to a track. Because every time you see it live, they've got this whole stuff that going on that there's no there's way no one doing that, that they can be getting that out of that keyboard that nobody's actually playing. He'll go over and plunk on the keyboard for like uh, for like two bars and right. then walk away and it's still going on. Do, it's like, hey. Well, you know, U2 does the exact same mm-hmm. thing, except they actually have a guy underneath the stage doing all the backup stuff. Yeah. So maybe Coldplay has that. Maybe. Maybe they have a guy under the stage. But why that. is it okay for them to do it and not for us to do it? I think it's getting to be more okay. Maybe. Because loops are coming. You know, it's true. Lots of people are yep. talking loops now. I've I've yet to use a loop. I really want to. No. But but I've been thinking, you know, well maybe on weekends when I can't find an electric guitarist or when I can't find whatever that we need, I could do a loop if I, you know, if I learn it well enough that I can put together a loop without laboring over it all week. I could do a loop that had, you know, just just a little bit of percussion, not like a full-on drum, but just a little bit of percussion and, you know, an acoustic guitar strumming or something. If we're missing that, hmm. But you're back to playing to a track. Playing to a track, which creates a whole another set of complications. Cool resource, by the way. Ooh, give it to me. Worship House Media. It's actually put out by who is it put out? I Worship. Ah. I Worship. They're putting out these videos, worship background videos called I Worship Flex F L E X X. Oh, two X's. Yep. Um. But they, you know how a lot of worship, uh, a lot of worship tombs now have like a full on professionally done video that you can play to a click track and it's got right, the words Right, right, right. Well, these are like that, except it's broken up into four or five videos. So you have a video for the verse, a video for the chorus, a video for the second verse, a video for the bridge, a video for the chorus. Mm. So that so you can you can do it without having to do it to a click track. Oh, you just like play it. Yeah, you play it, and so it's up there on the screen. All the words for that verse are up on the screen at the one time. At one time, and like the backgrounds like coincide with. Yeah, the, the backgrounds moving, the words are moving a little bit, not in a str- in a distracting way, in a cool way. Yeah. And then when the chorus comes, you just click on the chorus, and it you, you have to have something like Media Shout where you can transition smoothly in between the two videos. That's kind of cool. But yeah, it's a it's a cool resource. But anyway, back to summer. I think summer gives us an opportunity to kind of maximize a few things, mm-hmm. uh, like trying new stuff without without a huge risk. <laughs> like you know, you wouldn't want to do something that's tremendously risky on a huge weekend through the year. Right. But if you want to try something that that may be completely out of the ordinary for your church, just to see. If it's something they'll respond to positively, negatively, or just kind of blah and don't really care about, then in the summer might be a good time to do that. Maybe. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think the the danger, the risk, is that y- you don't you don't want to sacrifice quality. You know, right. j- just because it's the summer, you don't want to say, "All right, forget it." You know, like we'll we'll do whatever, and it doesn't matter. Like I think, I think as leaders and as worshipers, we still need to be very mindful about 
the offering that we're putting before God. I mean, you know, I, I was sharing ur- earlier, you know, I, I was trying to, you know, encourage, hey, you know, if you're a worship pastor, this is this is like the biggest calling that that you may have you know that this is this is a god thing what we're doing and um so i think the danger is uh you know letting letting it become just kind of a routine or a rote or phoning yeah, it in type exactly of thing. and i think summer can be what worship leaders need to kind of get geared back up for the fall yeah yeah i think we can change up what we do enough in the summer even though we still have to, we still have to meet the weekly requirement of a worship service, but we can change it up and enough that it feels different enough when we get back into normal, you know, September to May worship, it feels like we're coming back to something and have had a break from the norm to right. where in the fall, it feels refreshing again. It doesn't feel like, Hey, we've been doing this for 10 years straight. <laughs> And and here yeah. we go again. There's nothing new about it. You know what I mean? Right. It it, it gives a little bit of kind of a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even something I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to work on now. You know, like I was saying, I, fourth. You know, it's my fourth summer at Laurelwood, and I, I'm starting I'm starting to try to really think through. Okay, what what can I do to take our ministry to the next level? What are some resources? And even like what you're sharing. You know, having you know, because we've never done anything like that before at Laurelwood. We've never had, you know, played like a click track, played with a loop or, you know, played with like a moving background. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's never been, you know, we're kind of really not there. We're, we're not at that place. Right. But, you know, now I'm starting to think, okay, because I, I don't want to spend the next four years doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to be progressive. I want to be moving. I want to be intentional. And I think we need to, as worship leaders, we need to always be thinking about that. Yeah, and and not just not just thinking about what what new cool mu- worship music is coming out. Yeah, not not just like what's the latest greatest you know coolest thing. What's the hottest thing right now on the you know on the charts? Because here's a hint: it all sounds the same. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> David's kind of on this kick right now More where he's binge. like he's like anti he's like anti contemporary uh, worship music right now. Um, it doesn't all sound the same. It, it doesn't, but but it's definitely in a niche, and and I really do think that we rob our congregations of of a lot when we just stick in that ten degree niche of contemporary music, and there's three hundred and seventy degrees out there that we're missing that could be truly beneficial, like what John Ross was talking about when he was here. Right, right. That the, could really enhance someone's worship experience, and so yeah, the whole liturgy and and everything else that that goes into a worship service. That might be something to try out this summer. You know, that's a good Some idea because because when John was here and he was talking, I I remember after the podcast thinking, man, you know, I need to I need to try just doing like the Apostles' Creed, you know, one of these days at church. Haven't done it yet, so thanks for the reminder. I should. I should start trying to uh, bust out all the uh, apostolic type things. Oh, David's getting a book. Here we go. It's uh, Isaac Watts, book three, I think. Yes, book three, hymn 26. Yeah, this is how we opened our service this weekend. And very, very not what we normally do. So, Isaac Watts, hymn writer, right? Yep. 
Blessed be the Father in his love, to whose celestial source we owe rivers of endless joy above and rills of comfort here below. Glory to thee, great Son of God, from whose dear wounded body rolls a precious stream of vital blood, pardon, and life for dying souls. We give the sacred spirit praise who in our hearts of sin and woe makes living springs of grace arise and into boundless glory flow. Thus God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit we adore that sea of life and love unknown without a bottom or a shore. Wow. Everybody, let's stand and we're going to worship Boom. that God. It's like... That's cool. It was different, you know. That's like cool. totally, totally different. And it's a risk I felt wasn't too big to take this weekend. I like that. So... See, I, I might have to steal that. I, I might have to steal that this Sunday. I like that. Just, you know, gra- grabbing their attention. Boom. Let's worship that God. Mm-hmm. What song did you go into for that? We went into... That's last week, man. That's yesterday. That's yesterday. <laughs> that's so yesterday. It's funny because I, I, uh, I read your Weekend Review blog, but I totally forget what song... Today is the day, Lincoln Brewster. Nice. That's off his new album, mm-hmm. right? I have that coming in the mail. Lincoln, he's one of the guys that I that I respect. He's a worship pastor like us yep. at a church. He's doing that, and he's a really good guitarist. He is. And his arrangements aren't his arrangements aren't just typical, right? So you know, my problem with Lincoln songs is that they aren't always very singable. Like they they aren't very, this one is they aren't congregationally friendly. Um, like some of them are, you know, some of his popular ones are 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 okay like let the praises ring you know that the funny thing if you look at the ones that are singable he usually writes them with somebody else yeah today is the day he wrote with paul balash there you go he wrote hosanna a right who, song. who writes open the eyes of yeah my who heart. writes great yeah. congregational songs yeah so it needs to be down a key we did it in d okay and it was screaming on the chorus yeah and that's another thing, you know, man, if you're a songwriter, make it singable, you know, like not, not just, not just, uh, not just rhythmically singable, but make it, you know, melodically singable, yeah. you know, like, like put and if it you're in a, a songwriter, Paul Blosh wrote a good book. It's called God Songs and he wrote cool. it with, it's on my desk right now, Jimmy and Carol Owens. Nice. And they talk about some good things about, about writing songs, particularly for worship that, and one of the things I just read today is I'll read it. You talk about something, I'll find it. Uh, um, <laughs> what do I talk about? No, I, I, I yeah, I know we we were talking we're talking about summer, but songwriting is such a, a such a good. Maybe we should do a whole podcast on songwriting. Oh, my friend. Oh boy. I want to do much more than one podcast on. Okay, songwriting. we'll we'll do a five series, a mini series, <laughs> on songwriting. You want to hear it? Yes, I do. So this is what Paul said. Paul himself. That's kind of cool because they have these little bubbles on the side of the page, which is like Paul's perspective on what they're talking about. Not the Apostle Paul. No, Paul Balash. (laughs) But so um, they're talking about what we're talking about, writing songs that the congregation can sing. And uh, simplicity is vital in a strong worship song. Simple lyric concept, simple melodic concept, simple chords, and repetition, repetition, repetition. Simple but not simplistic. So that's what, what they're talking about. Here's what Paul says. I like to consider myself a servant with my songwriting, which already that's an interesting idea. That's cool. We are servants and songs are our tools. If you really care for God's people, like a true pastor longs to see his congregation built up and thriving in their faith, then you will make musical and lyrical choices that best serve the church. 
regardless of how much education and talent you have in your writing you will always offer what the average person will be able to sing as opposed to writing over people's heads it's a pride issue that we all have to deal with don't write music to impress your music friends strive to serve strive to serve and inspire others with music they can sing that's a great great idea yeah yeah we definitely need to do a podcast on songwriting that's so, that's good but yeah if you're a songwriter great resource great time to try a new song there you One go of your Summer. songs yeah so which again reminds me I, I i wrote that song a while ago um we haven't done it since then so maybe i need to bust that one out again yeah uh it's on our on our website now yes it's good. in a little we have a little we have a song player on our website now on the social network both oh no way yeah worshipministrycatalyst.com good job david so and they're playing from our social network your songs my songs john ross's songs, john ross put some of his songs some other on people there. albert uh I don't want to say his last name. I think it's like Langelia. Some. I'm sorry, Albert, if I butchered sorry. your name. But he's got a song on there. So, yeah, we're definitely looking for more more people in the network cool. to uh, to upload songs that we can put in our player. Yeah, so come check us out on our on our website. David just gave the address, uh, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. Uh, we also have our social networking site where you can resource and connect with other worship pastors from around the globe worship ministry catalyst dot ning dot com there it is. and uh since we are more secure if you ask to become a member i will send you an email to ask you two questions so if you're going to become a member you can have the two questions ready and you can just send them to me when you when you apply for membership i want to know just how you're involved in worship ministry and a website that i can go to to just check out your church we are we're an exclusive club over here (laughs) it's not it's it's free and i don't want to i don't want to keep any worship person from uh from coming but we've had another two requests that were not of worship people Wow. So uh, trying to keep our network safe from spammers. Yeah, because so. I don't know what it is about about worship or church websites that spammers just seem to... Maybe it's because we're like so trusting or we're so naive yeah. or we just allow anyone to come. But there's a ton of spammers out there who are just waiting to pray on on these kind of you know non-profit organization social networks it's funny though because there's another big network that i'm a part of and i got an email from them this morning for apologizing for the exact same thing wow yeah it's like yeah it's not just it's us. not just us <laughs> other people have spam problems yeah. so anyway check us out online worship ministry catalyst.com worship ministry catalyst.ning.com you can send us an email and we thank you when you do David at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com or Kevin at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com Thank you for listening this time. Pass this on to your friends and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye!